0: The K.J. Wright Show. On Seattle Sports. The
1: ball is intercepted. K.J. Wright reaches up about 13 feet in the air. Number
0: 15. Now every Wednesday with Rock and Song.
2: I like that. Brought to you by
1: Shoot Casino. Yeah, we
0: need a little extra time, so we're starting 30 seconds before (laughs) the hour. We need more, as much time with K.J. this week as we can get. And we're not going to waste it with my beard. I'm going to shave Please, from, uh, from the Adam's apple down. Yeah. All right, yeah. I got it now. Just I take understand. it off the jog. I understand what to do. All right, thank yeah. you, for everybody, for all of the advice. KJ, <laughs> uh, it wasn't pretty on Sunday. First half went okay. Yeah. Second half did not. What happened? Well, first and foremost, guys, let's not hit the panic button. Let's get that
2: crystal clear. Do not hit the panic button in week one. You cannot do it. But, man, that second half was not pretty. <laughs> um, looking at Matt Stafford, I thought the guy was a magician. Back there throwing the football. He dropped some dimes. He threw it in some really tight windows. He was very, very comfortable in that pocket. And when you look at what he was able to do, the comfort that he had, the game plan once again by Sean McVay put together another another phenomenal game plan. I saw in the second half. They really got things turned around. That missed field goal going into halftime. Mm-hmm. Really, ah, that, that didn't sit well with me. But those dudes that put up a, uh, put a you know, nice performance in the second half. And I came out with the win.
1: Okay, I'll ask you a question I'd love to ask coaches, and now we can do it because it's not preseason tape anymore. This is regular season. KJ, I'll get in my production meeting, and I'll typically ask a coach this. Give me your feeling, your perception of what you felt walking off the field, watching the game, and then the reality of what the game tape actually showed you.
2: When I was watching the game, I'm like, this is not pretty. This is not good enough. And then when you get to the tape, that all 22 – you get a little nervous, like, hold up, man. Like, we're not doing the the little stuff right. We're not even getting the quarterback off the spot. We're not having them move well. We can't even go man-to-man coverage and, and just execute. And so when you watch that all 22, you get a little shaky. Like, hold up, front four, four, you know, first game, not tripping. But if the front four, four can't do it, You the, the back four for sure not be able to do it when it comes to rotation. And so I looked at those guys up front. I was really depending on those guys to make stuff happen. We was raving about Chenna, raving about this new free agent coming
0: in. and They was just way too quiet hmm. in their first outing. So you said the little things. What does that mean? They weren't doing the little things. Do you mean the basics? Like What does that mean? The little things as far as
2: the, the art of pass rushing. When you're pass rushing, when you rush as four guys. So, is wait, someone, they, were,
0: they were pass rushing? Come on. That's not true, (laughs) KJ. Come on. Before a passer, you have to, like, you know, rush a passer. I know. I know. I know.
2: Someone has a one-on-one. And the basic things, the basic stuff that we talk about is have a quarterback move off the spot. Have him uncomfortable. Have him try to double hitch, find a second window. That was None of that. He was so comfortable, so cool, so collected. And when you're able to have that type of comfort at the quarterback position with his type of experience, it looks that easy on the football field. It really looked like 7-on-7 from Matthew Stafford. So if
0: you were saying there was one problem that stood out above everything else, it was rushing the passer? Yes.
2: Yes. And, and, And I look at Coach Hurt. And he blitzed. He blitzed Bobby up the middle a few times. He brought Kobe Bryant off the edge a little bit. And it was like when the blitz was coming,
0: got it out. But just four-man rush, it was just way too easy. So, I I mean, maybe I'm being hopelessly optimistic here. Maybe this is stupid. But isn't that something that they should be better at? Right? Like if if it had been the running game on defense that was the problem again, you'd be like, Mm -hmm. yeah, they still don't have the horses. That stinks. But the fact that, and it, you know, if it was tackling, you'd be like, all right, well, they didn't tackle well in the preseason. They didn't tackle all that well last year. Like, maybe it's still a problem. The one thing I think this team should be able to do is rush the passer, right, with some of the guys they have. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was just a bad day and it can get cleaned up because at least they've got the talent to make it better.
2: Absolutely. Uh, Chenna 10-sacks last year. Ter- Taylor 10-sacks last year. And like Cliff Averill said when he came on the show, it was their first game. Let these guys find the rhythm. Let these guys get in their groove. Let these guys figure out their speed, figure out their power. And let's 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 give this thing another shot. And so, like I said, it's not time to hit the panic button. But when you come out game one, when you're facing a Rams team who you should have beaten. Should have beaten on paper. Mm-hmm. You should have beaten this team. And I'm a little nervous that a little. Human nature creeped into our football team. Uh, we facing the Rams. No Cooper Cup. They're in a rebuild year with the big bad Seahawks. Maybe a little bit of human nature creeped in when you stepped on that football field. We do it as well. I heard that the fans were a little chill and quiet. Your fans, we, you guys play a part of it as well. And so maybe a little human wow. nature creeped in week one. And that's how we got that, that
0: Headline from today, KJ Wright calls out Seahawks fans. I, did. I think it's the headline Jesus. that we'll gonna, hear later. It's going go viral. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's going viral. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, oh, I heard it's about it. It's already all. around the whole it's, city. It's Everybody trending. now knows
1: I'm KJ's I'm against <laughs> the fans. Yes. Why, do you, why do you hate him? Why do you hate the yeah. 12? What's I up with you and fans? I heard
0: about heard They were very quiet. They weren't quiet when Bobby was introduced. Ah, missed it. I wasn't at the game, dude. No, I I actually kind of went just for that. Like I went, and and it was, it was pretty cool. I heard. Did you talk to Bobby after? Mm -mm. Really? I heard the
2: fans preseason game when they introduced Bobby, and I stood next to him. I said, "Dude, I don't think I ever heard an intro that loud." So I couldn't imagine
0: (laughs) what it was. I I don't know how this year ends up going for Bobby. I hope it's a really good one for him. I hope that regardless of how it goes he remembers that moment and gets yeah. to just really soak in how loved he is and, and mm-hmm. especially just he turned all the way around and looked, took in the entire 360 degrees of the crowd. It was a very cool moment. It's too bad it you know,
1: gets sort of lost to a lousy game, but it was a very cool moment. Uh, you know the guy next to you, KJ, is a wordsmith, right? We've talked about this in the past, and he corrected me the other day, rightfully so, and, and he actually did it, and maybe it's the beard, is an old man with gray <laughs> now in a little more of a genteel way. He said to me, no, Brock, no, no, that's not it at all. You're not looking for focus. You're looking for the word emphasis because I wondered if there was such an emphasis on stopping the run, Mm. stop the run. The first thing Dre Jones said to us, and when he interviewed, I gave him, the whole focus is (laughs) no runs of three, you know, whatever it was, four yards or more, six yards. Like we're going to stop the run, stop the run. And KJ they had 37 carries on first and second down for 61 yards.
2: I'll take that. Uh, I'll you take will, that.
1: You will take that, and you win a championship if that were to continue. So what happened on third down? They were still trying to stop the run on third and 10? <laughs> let's let let's stay on. Let's stay positive. Keep going, Brock. Keep going, Brock. So bro. take me into a linebacker. <laughs> take me into a front seven. Have you ever been in a time where you were like so emphasized the run that it actually took you out of the pass, that and it there, took you out of some of those other things?
2: And there's an old saying, you get what you emphasize, and they got that. You stopped the run. You were dumbing on first and second down. Mission accomplished. Job well done, guys. Bravo. Good job. But you know, as fans and as a team, we're going to find something that you got to improve on. So you did the run. Stopped it. Cool. Now let's take it to a new level. Let's win when we get our indicators, when it's second and 11 plus, when it's third down. Now let's start getting out after the pass. And so, I love that they stopped the run. I could live with that. You can win ball games like that. What we saw last year cannot cannot happen. And so, good job coach Hurt, good job front seven stopping the run. Now. Okay. You want to get somewhere? Let's take it to a new level. Okay, so, hold on though. Yeah. One second.
1: I mean, I've got to imagine cuz your groups were so good. You never got run on for touchdowns. We're not going to let anybody run on us. It's going to be every blade of grass. And time after time, we would see your group stop people. You'd bend, right? Maybe check down Charlie's, would come alive, check down here, check down there, move Mm -hmm. the ball, get to the red zone. Nobody, it felt like, could run the ball in. And they pound the football in, in that run game. I think that was the thing that bugged me about the run. Yeah, all right,
0: they stopped the run overall. But on third down, they ran the ball for a first down, and twice in the red zone, or was it three times in the red zone, they ran for touchdowns. So, on the third down. how great was your how great was your was your running defense really?
2: Well, guys, let's talk about the play design. I don't want to I don't wanna talk about our defense. Let's see, let's give the offense a little bit of credit here. Okay. Both play designs were
0: really really good
2: on the third the, on the second touchdown. They was pound up the middle, pound up the middle. Then they flipped it off the edge, flip nine. Flip, nine. I, flip nine. nine. I love flip nine. Perfect play. Who thinks of anyone running a perimeter play down there on the two-yard two line? Walked right in the end zone. Then the other one on the opposite side of the Hawks, when they ran the insert, Jordan, he blocked Jordan. Jordan turned it back, and he just walked once again in the end zone. So let's give Sean McVay a little bit of credit. Both play designs were drawn up really, really well. And, um, I, 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 I kind of I jumped what on this from
0: Pete. I, I want to play this sound from Pete and and just to wrap up this conversation about run defense versus passing. And Pete was I I was explaining kind of why they weren't getting on the edges of players.
1: Yeah, we didn't we didn't look nearly as active as we needed to uh,
0: in our rushes. We weren't edged out as well as we'd like to. You know, more on the edges of guys so, so
2: he could feel us. Uh, there's some technical parts of that when we pressured uh, they they got hands on us you know and we the ball was out so quick that we weren't able to affect him you know
0: so so brock started to talk to me about this yesterday but just clue me in a little further i would assume and based on what brock said stopping the run you want to be up the middle of a guy but to get to the pass rusher you got to be on his edge that's the, that's the art of it you never want to go straight down the
2: middle unless you are strong and you got a hell of a long arm that's when you start to bull rush a guy the art of rushing is get on the edge work a shoulder Work his work his rib cage, work his hip, and you want to work the edge so you can get around the guy to the quarterback. If you just blitz and you go straight down the middle, I, I wasn't the greatest blitzer. I was a guy I went straight down the middle, work your edge so you can work half of his body, and then you can get your way to the quarterback. And so when you do turn on the tape, you see it.
1: Why weren't you a better pass rusher? Yeah, seriously. You call out the fans. Why weren't you a better passer? <laughs> yeah, what's
0: up uh, with you? No, how? seriously, like what what was there something about you, your body, that made you good at other things rather than rushing the passer? Oh, God didn't God didn't give me that ability. I'm just gonna blame it on God. <laughs> you said God, you didn't God,
2: God, God, why didn't you give me the I don't know? Oh don't. great.
1: First the fans, First the bad, now now God. God.
0: <laughs> who are you gonna blame next, KJ? <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's the blame show with KJ Wright. We'll be right back. Rock and salt, Seattle Sports at seven ten,
1: Salesports dot
0: this this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On
1: Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app.
0: All right, KJ's here. He's in the building, Brock. we got so much to get to today. It's Brock and Salk Sales Sports on 710. SeattleSports.com as well. Uh, all right, I'm going to get to DK here in just a minute. Let me first... Uh, kind of run, through, you know. Let's start with DK. We'll come back to uh, what your friend Cliff said the other day. But here is: um, What did you make of what DK did? Right. So DK at the end of that game lost his composure. I got a kick out of Mark Sanchez saying that that wasn't in any way typical of a Pete Carroll team. It's like, well, I kind of watched Pete Carroll teams for a while, and that's certainly not the first time I've seen them lose their composure at bad the tick, end of the Sanchez, game. Bad take, so DK just shoves the dude out of nowhere, and then he was asked to explain it after the game, and this was his um, explanation.
2: Um, well, I was blocking, and I guess I blocked him a little too hard and uh, pushed him to the ground, and he got up mad because um, he felt like I blocked him in the back, but um, I mean, this is how I play. I, I block every play uh, when I don't have the ball, and I'm never taking a play off or jogging trying to take a play off. so that's what transpired. I've seen their coaches yelling at me or saying something to me and their players, and, you know, I let that get to me, and I retaliated, and, you know, the second man always gets called, so just got to be
0: better in that aspect. So I, I got to say, is DK talking about a different play? I mean, like, that's <laughs> from, just not what happens. From, from brother to brother, from teammate
2: to former teammate, that, is, that was not blocking. The play was on the opposite side of the hash. No one was around, and you came and pushed them. Not a good play, bad play. You hurt, you hurt the dude on the play. Then we take it a step further when it comes to the taunting penalty, right? At this point, all athletes are faced with this decision. Salk, you either choose to do right, or you choose to do whatever you want to do, right? And when I look at the decision that's made, it's a decision that was a selfish decision. It's a decision that cannot be done. It's a decision that cost your team yardage, right? Let's take it a further, a step further. He will continue to do it unless it gets addressed. Unless it gets addressed in front of the team, one-on-one, cut this
0: out, man. Make this your very last time doing this. So which thing bothers you as a teammate and player more? The initial act of sort of the dirty hit or the response that gets a 15-yard penalty? Both of them. Both of them. But what bothers me the most out of this whole situation is you've seen it too
2: many times. And, and, and it would not get fixed unless it's addressed properly. Cut this out. It gotta come from the coach, the position coach, and really gotta come from your teammates. Like, hey bro, I love you, you playing hard, but dog, this
0: is not football. You got 43% of his teammates are in their first or second year in the league. Who, who on the team has the the time in you know time on task as brock likes to say to be able to tell that to him it's only three people it's quandre it's bobby and it's gino them the only three people i can think of it's
2: not tyler i love tyler but it's not tyler it's it's them three dudes hey man you got you got to stop it like it's game one you know we got 16 more games this cannot happen again and so i've seen it with i've been a part of where we remember all the richard sherman moment when richard sherman just blew up on the sign just lost his mind you know who was in his face telling him to calm down Bobby Wagner, Cam Chancellor, like, hey, bro, we need you right now. You cannot do this again. Did it work? <laughs> that day, it did. no, it right. yeah, it didn't and, work in the moment. Yeah, no, no but it, it worked, you know, going forward. Right, and he was never got to cost you penalties. He never got to, you know, draw on sportsman-like conducts. And so, no, that's not cool. That's not football. And so, he's a hell of a player. I love DK. He brings so much to the table. But he has a side to him, like, bro, we cannot have this. We're losing right now. Who was, was driving the ball. Who was driving the ball. And here we go, 15 yards penalty. Let's hit the reset button.
1: It just felt so dirty and cheap, man. It felt like a sucker punch. Right? And you saw Sean McVay in that sideline react to it. But it just felt like, dude, really? You're that big and that strong and that powerful? And you're going to come sneak on around me and knock me out from my blind side? And then to come out to the press and talk all delusional? Like, oh, no, no, I was just blocking him too hard. No, you sucker punched him. Yeah. Like that—that I, I, that to me just bothers me as much as anything. I'm frustrated with the penalty too, and it's stupid. You're right; that's correctable. But come on, man, have some accountability when you just took a dirty, cheap shot on somebody and absolutely lost your cool.
2: Yeah, and the dude was laying there; he was hurt, and um, you former wanna, teammate, by the way, yeah. Kill Witherspoon, and, right? Um, so and doubling down on it when the Rams get the talking smack, I would have been mad too if I was around. Like, what the, you know, blah 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 blah. <laughs> like, what you doing? <laughs> then you draw, and then you get the penalty. Um, you can't have that. You can't have that. You want to set the tone that I'm a new dude. You know, it's not happening again this year. This year, so that was hard to see.
1: Uh going to get to a bunch of Cliff and and may, can we can we save that for the the, sure. the big chunk here in a second? And because he, he had a lot to say, former teammate had a lot to say about preseason. mora has got a lot of questions about communication. You watched that all 22. You've got some some great insight and answers. Let me just ask you this one on on just a broad stroke scheme. Because Salk talked so much about it this offseason to you and me, and rightfully so, and I think a lot of fans did. This bare front, right? This this defensive front, this this three big D linemen. Where you don't even have the personnel to run us. Did they run one bare front this game? I saw a lot of over.
2: Yes. I, I don't. yeah, I don't think I, I don't saw. Think they did. I don't think I saw one bare front.
1: I mean it was Boye and Uchenna on the edge yep. and it was two D tackles in the middle. Obviously Dre and Jaron to start and rotate Mike Moore. Mm-hmm. Like did we see one odd front? Did we see one bare <laughs> front? We see the, one of those snaps all game. So they ran four three. Basically.
2: They ran four three. They ran nickel and they ran base. Yep. They they brought Kobe Bryant in on nickel, and then they brought Devin Bush when it was yep. him, Jordan, and Bobby. And uh we didn't see it and I'm kind of glad we didn't see it. <laughs> Are you sure?
0: Because whatever we saw didn't work all that well.
2: No, I, no it, it worked fine. It worked fine in the run game, okay. and it's going to work. Um, I liked what I saw. You don't have the guys to do it, Brock. Um, yeah. You don't have the depth to do it, and so a really good call by being multiple. Have it, have it, you got the bed front in
0: your back pocket. Yeah. If you need it, it, when it presents itself, you have it in your back pocket. So, um, so I, maybe this is, a, I, I'm still not fully understanding. my My belief was that draymond jones was brought in because he fit that three four so well
2: no man let me tell you when i looked at that tape talk, and i saw number 55 he looked like he looked like a a bigger frank clark okay you know, do you know what that means mm-hmm. what what that means is when i first when i got when i, took, when I first laid, laid eyes on him he looked like a big big linebacker right he is far from a, a three technique in a three-four scheme. He is the furthest thing from that on this planet.
0: Well, but I didn't think he was supposed to be a three. I thought he was supposed to be sort of the defensive end in a three-four.
2: Yeah, I, I call him the same. I call him same. Same. We're talking about the okay. same. We're saying the same thing. I right. uh, Apples and apples and orange. He's not that guy. He is the guy that is built for what we ran yesterday. Uh, that on was Sunday. good. So that's
0: good for him. That, that yes. fits him well. How come he, I didn't see him?
2: I don't know. <laughs> <How> <laughs> I mean, is, like— I just did, I didn't see him. He was quiet. It's, once again, He's, it's he game was in the middle. Game. down right. the
1: middle too much. Wasn't on those edges. The yeah, he wasn't right. getting the backfield. Dre, get on the edges, okay? Just yeah. I
0: want to I want to feel Dre Jones. So get on the edges so we can feel. All right, hold on, KJ. We got so much to get to. We got to ask you about Pete. We got to ask you about communication. We got to ask you about Cliff. Dang. I know you got something else you want to say, dude. We're running out of time. This is why we have to start early. I don't have time to waste time with my neck beard. We'll be right back with KJ Wright, Brock and Salks, Seattle Sports on Seven Ten. This this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the
1: Seattle Sports app.
0: All right, let's buzz through a whole bunch of things with KJ here. We got uh, 25 minutes left with KJ. And my gosh, I want to get to like all of this, Brock. So let me start with your friend Cliff Averill, who was uh, on the station with Bump and Stacy two days ago. I think that was on Monday he was on. And uh, one of the things he brought up, was the preseason. Did they have enough time spent in the preseason out on the field actually working together? Preseason,
1: guys not getting that many reps. The first time you're actually getting live contact and bringing guys down to the ground and real real tackles and, and different things like that is week one for a lot of these guys. At most, maybe they have 20 reps in, in preseason, to be honest with you. Veterans are just trying not to get hurt. So I think
2: that's what we've seen in particular for the defense all I know is when I was growing up, I was playing to the second quarter and sometimes the third quarter in preseason. And it we, helped. Yep, we was tackling, we was hitting, getting our minds right, getting our bodies right, gelling with our teammates. And absolutely, you talk about the art of pass rushing. You can't just come off the practice field and think you gonna go against prime time NFL player and think it's going to be the same. It's two different environments. It's two different atmospheres. And so yes, I'm I'm personally not a fan of not. Playing guys in the preseason, I know you got the Bobby, you got Quandre. These guys have proven themselves, but you want to get as many guys as you can out there. Injuries are a part of the game, Salk. They're a part of the game. You could get hurt. You could not get hurt, but you got to get your guys ready for week one of the regular
0: season. Yeah, I think it's an unfair thing. Brock and I were talking about it a little bit yesterday. It's hard to criticize one way or another, right? Whatever you do, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you don't play guys and then they lay an egg, it seems like you should have. If you do play them and they get hurt, then it seems like the opposite. Dallas, to be fair, Dallas had the best defensive performance of anybody this week. They didn't do anything in the preseason. They didn't play anybody at all. And they came off their couch and just destroyed the Giants. So, I mean, there are examples in either direction. How many but, new
1: pieces do they have? Well, that's How a, many new dudes do they have? How many Julian Loves and Bobby Wagners and Devin Bushes and Dre Jones? And how many new dudes do they have that have to work at all three levels together? Hmm. I'm going to say very, very little, if any. I think they returned just about everybody Everybody, back to that defense. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the word is communication. I hear it all the time, KJ, and it kind of makes me nauseous because I think it's an easy fallback. Oh, yeah, we just got to communicate. Oh, no, we'll be fine. We just got to communicate. Yeah, we if we just communicate better. What What does that mean? What does communicating (laughs) better mean defensively? From a weekly standpoint,
2: you communicate throughout the week. You communicate at practice. You communicate at walkthrough. One of the things that bothers me so much is guys not taking walkthrough seriously enough. That is your bread and butter. That's where you get your money right there is during walkthrough. So it got to happen there. Now let's step into it on the football field. A guy that I saw was a communicating fool out there was Jordan Brooks. He was communicating his tail off, pointing left and right, telling Bobby, hey, watch this coming, moving before the ball is snapped. He was one of the few guys that I saw on the football field that was communicating at a very high level. (laughs) Jordan Brooks was that guy. I loved what I saw from that. Uh Oh, go ahead. And did so, in. So, yeah, when you keep going, you communicate on the field. Then you get to the sidelines. Hey, I was the type of guy, I'm walking up and down that, that bench area. Hey, what did you see right here? Hey, big dog, what's happening right here? If they do this again, we're going to do this. I go to the DBs. Hey, what happened on the back end? Who on that team is doing that? I don't know. I hope there's someone doing it. But if you just go and just sit in your little pod, DBs here, linebackers here, D-line here, That's not winning football. Mm -hmm. That's not winning football. All three guys have got to – all three levels have got to be on the same
1: page. You know what struck me watching the game tape? And And I felt it watching it live as well, KJ, but it really popped when you put on the actual eye in the sky because it never lies. You mentioned Jordan Brooks. Jordan Brooks, yeah, he didn't make the play on that little third and three, little whip route to the tight end, but he was right on it. Mm-hmm. He was right on the back. It took up absolutely perfect pass and catch. Then they try to run that deep over on him, on which, it. which everybody, and he is on it, KJ is mm-hmm. on it. He flips his hips. He gets underneath it. Pete was praising him uh, with us on Monday. Outside of him, outside of him, what other DB Julian Love, what other linebackers, Devin and Bobby, what other safety, what other corner, was like on top of routes, was seeing it coming, Kobe, and like not just being around it, but actually seeing, anticipating breaking. I mean, I saw such (laughs) little of that once again. Not a single soul, Brock. Jordan Brooks was
2: the best player on that football field on Sunday. He communicated well. He was aggressive. He looked healthy. He looked strong. He looked pissed off on that football field. He was a guy that was attacking, like really trying to make some stuff happen. Jordan Brooks was the best player on that football field. And I love what he brought to the table. When he made that pitch, when he made that tackle on that toss to the sideline to his right, I was like, oh, this dude is good. This this dude, this dude is healthy. This dude is solid. Yes. He made that TFL. Even on Higby, he was square, was right there with him. And he was right there to make the play. So I love what I saw. So let's remember
1: this now. Let's remember this. This is the dude that didn't do anything all offseason because he tore his freaking ACL in January. Mm -hmm. And this is the dude that's your best player? What, What are we doing? Well Julian, Kobe, what what do we, and I know Kobe missed the offseason too, but what what are we doing if this guy's here, hair on fire, seeing it, reacting, jumping plays, See, bro, making what That's why I'm
0: always telling you these guys don't need to show up for OTAs. <laughs> they don't need to be on the field. This is why I've always tried to tell you that stuff is overrated. Man, let me tell you, there's nothing like when a dude is hungry.
2: There's nothing like when a dude is starving. There's nothing there like a dude when he's pissed off and mad. He 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 played like he was mad on that football All right.
0: field. We are 37 minutes into this hour and we have yet to talk about the offense, which in my view was worse than the defense on Sunday. I mean, I I know the defense overall is probably a bigger concern, but what the world happened to the offense on Sunday? They were good in the
2: good in the first half. They was running the ball, misdirection, some trick plays there and there. Again, Kenneth to walk on the perimeter. DK touchdown. How many yards did they have in the second half? Twelve. It was
0: twelve. Nine of them came in the last play of the game.
1: <laughs> three straight, three and outs.
0: They had really three yards in the second half. Mm. Okay. Don't get mad at me, Talk, so but I'm about to go to the defense real quick. Okay, I'm yeah, not, no, I'm about to fine. go to the defense real quick. I, I'm not mad at you. Come on. You never get mad at you. <laughs> 11 converted third downs. Not right? after I saw that look in your eyes last week. I'm never getting mad at you again. <laughs> they
2: had the ball for only 20 minutes. The Rams had the ball for 40 minutes. Okay. So, there's not much you can do with that. Now, when you are put in that position, like, our our defense is struggling, they're giving up a lot of plays, you got to find a way to convert on them third downs. And if you're a coach... This is, this is like when you're in the game. If you're in the coach and you see, like, dang, defense not doing much, offense not doing much, you may have to roll that dice and go for it on fourth down hmm. to, to get to some way, somehow get things going.
0: Yeah, I think I understand. That makes some sense to me. I, I'm not mad at you at all. I think that, that makes sense that you know, the numbers end up skewing it worse because the defense couldn't get themselves off the field. Mm-hmm. But the offense bears some of that, obviously, and didn't convert on third downs themselves. And I just, you know, I think part of it is you're looking for Gino to make the people around him better. And I'm not sure I saw that necessarily on Sunday. You think you think so? I didn't see him make everyone around him better. I'm not saying he had a bad game necessarily. Yeah. But did he elevate some of the new young people and everybody else around him? I don't know if I saw that. I mean, no. it's, you talk about third downs. Isn't that sort of the quarterback down?
2: That's that's the money down. That's right. that's the down. We drop our best play. We practice this all week. Go out there and execute. He yeah. threw one to his left to, to Injigba.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It was covered. It went through his hands.
0: And um yeah it wasn't it wasn't a pretty outing Did you see um did you see the end of the game did you get to watch the TV copy were you watching on TV mm-hmm. What did you think of the end of the game Brock and I both talked about it they had those shots we had some some callers even mention it on Monday There was Tyler had the uh the oxygen mask on A lot. Gino had his head in his hands and looked shell shocked I don't know what Jackson Smith and Jigbo was doing he was like sitting up on top of a bench <laughs> and like looked like he was staring off into space is that just them being unfairly caught in a moment, or was there something going on where that sideline just looked shell-shocked all at once at the end of that game? Well, let's let's put it together. Let's put the pieces together. Let's put the puzzles
2: together. <laughs> you take the sideline, you take that copy, and then we see what they did on the football field. Or do they go hand-in-hand? Hand? Is 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 it the same you were on the sideline and then you were on the football field? Number three, Russell Wilson. Did you ever catch Russell like that? Never. This dude was walking up and down the sideline, hand clapping, high-fiving. Hey, come on, come on, next play, let's believe. Hey, we can do it. Let's go, guys. That stuff went a long, long way. It went so, so far. A guy walking up and down the sideline saying, hey, guys, we're only down 10 points. Get your head out your ass and let's go. Who's who's that dude? Who's going to be the one to say it?
0: Yeah, I, what it looked like was much more like the old Cam Newton shots of him with the towel over his head, and and I, again, I'm not there on the sideline, so I don't know whether the body language is indicative. We only get to see the sideline for a split second where the camera chooses to do it, but I, I did think about Russ and that neutral mentality and his ability to, as you said, stay positive. And we talk about leadership. We talking about, we talking about
2: on the field, but we're really talking about off the field, like on the sidelines, like everything matters. You're so connected. All 11 guys are connected. All of defense special teams, everyone's connected. If you want to take this team, you got to have the voices to get right. Hey, get right. Oh, I saw you draw that target penalty. I'm going to communicate with you. I'm going to have great leadership with you so you don't do that again. From coach to
0: coach, player to coach, player to player, Mm That's what it takes. That's what it has to be. Someone has to be that dude. Yeah. I always think, Brock, about that game. We talked about it a ton. Remember the Arizona game? I think it's the 6 yep. 3 or whatever it was, the tie in Arizona yep. where uh, you guys had the game one. And who mm-hmm. was it? Who was the kicker that was at? Houshka? Yep. Just missed like a chip oh, shot yeah, field yeah, yeah. goal. And there's a shot on the sideline of Russ. He doesn't eat like, his face doesn't even fall for a moment. Mm-hmm. Everyone around him just like, oh, like you can just see. And Russ is just like, okay, well, now we're on to the next – like, obviously, the going. defense is going to stop him. We'll have another <laughs> chance. It's pretty – you know, we've, we've given Russ a lot of grief here over the last year or two, and mm-hmm. I think for some good reasons – but that is one of the things that I mm-hmm. will always respect about Russ and something I think he did very, very well.
1: Uh, my last question, uh, in the final 10, we got to turn this to Detroit because the guys on the field are going to do I so. so yeah. Uh, you know, I've got, I've got a few things to turn <laughs> it to. Uh, but just, just moving forward here, KJ, and kind of flushing just the, the, you know, end of this one. How does the team react? They're in there Monday on tell the truth Monday. Mm-hmm. What is the tone and tenor when we hear from Pete today and coming off of a game like that? It's a new week.
2: Last week is over. <laughs> Last week is done. I forgot what happened. Uh, the the Rams, that did not happen. That did not exist. So when it's coming, you watching Wednesday, it's highlights. You're watching highlights of the Lions Wednesday morning. You're going over the tail of the Tate. This is their roster. You got golf. You got a two-headed monster back there with Montgomery and Gibbs. And you have an offensive lineman, um, Panay, Panay This man, whoo-wee. Brock Hewitt. This, I watched that tape. This dude is like a Trent Williams 2.0. Samoan power. Samoan power. And, and he be out there talking trash, too. Yes. And so this dude, you're going to highlight him. He's going to be the highlight. I don't usually give offensive linemen too much credit. Mm. They all look the same to me. <laughs> but this, <laughs> this dude, he stands out. Mm-hmm. And so you're going over that. You're dressing your, your defensive um, defensive front, dressing the linebackers, dressing the back end
0: to get this thing figured out. How What do you think Monday was like? And maybe before you answer that, I, I would just ask you, in, in all of your time around Pete, all of the years you spent here, what was the most mad you ever saw Pete in a meeting or after a game or anything like that? Can you think of a moment Ooh. where Pete actually got mad, lost his temper or anything like that, played that card? No. No? Nope. No, the the raise your voice, the lose your cool,
2: the get mad, temper. I, never, I don't think I ever never saw that. It. Okay, so I was doing it for a really long time. So, so what would have
0: it. been your expectation coming in on Monday for what tell you tell the truth Monday would look like this week? I would expect, I would expect Coach to be not down, but really like.
2: Pretty much kind of shocked, disappointed in the performance. Disappointed is a word. I was disappointed in how, um you know, the preparation leading up to the game, the way we finished. We always talk about finish. Leading in the second half, going into halftime, and we didn't finish properly. So I know he emphasized that finish word. Finish on offense, finish on defense. If it's a long drive, you bend, bend. But like Brock said, you don't break. Just let them walk in the end zone.
0: You're smart, so you probably don't spend a lot of time on social media during games, after games, etc. There's no reason to, so do yourself a favor and stay away from it. But one of the things Brock and I both were struck by this week is that a lot of the frustration from the fans, and there's always going to be frustration after Mm -hmm. a loss, of course, but it felt like a huge amount of it was really directed at Pete. And I don't know that I necessarily felt that way. Brock didn't really, I don't think, feel that way. And we spent some time talking about it yesterday. I wrote about it at seattlesports.com, trying to figure mm-hmm. out, you know, why it is that that blame goes to Pete. Do you have any thoughts on him? You got, you got a lever. And what, and what
1: facet? KJ, if you were to look at our text toy, yeah, not just social media, not just Twitter. If you were to look at our listeners right now that are taking this conversation in, and you were to look at the abundance of the text messages, it would be. Yeah, Pete can't coach anymore, guys.
0: Pete's old. Pete can't coach. The game the, passed this, him this by. This defense is
1: bad for another year, and another year, and another year. This defense hasn't been good for years. Pete mm-hmm. has lost his field, Doesn't motivate. It, it, it. The the majority of the criticism was all geared towards Pete.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow. And um, yeah, and that's that's hard to hear because y'all know that's that's my guy for life. Like that's that's Pete's my guy since day one forever will be. And um, when you do look at the tape, when you do look at um the 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 roster the depth chart i under- i understand their frustrations i really do understand their frustration um from changing the scheme changing it back um the draft picks you know you talk about draft picks like i really understand where they're coming from and um yeah they they have the right to voice that and so it is hard to hear it is hard to see uh what year is coach you Thir- year thirteen Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Been doing Starting this at, at a doing this at a very a very high level consistently in the playoffs. Made made it last year with nine wins. And so um yeah,
0: it it is frustrating I to hear that. I, that. I think one of the things that I understand. That jumped out to me, I, this is part of what I wrote is that I think the things Pete does so well tend to be harder to see. Yeah, they're harder for the for anyone watching a game to notice than some of the things that maybe he doesn't do as well. Like all coaches, he's got strengths and weaknesses. Mm -hmm. He's got some trade offs. It's hard to see the culture during a game. (laughs) You'll know it when they don't have it. But it's generally pretty hard to see the culture he's built and, and some of the things that Pete does during a game. I can tell when he calls timeout at the wrong time. I can see it yeah. when, like, like some of the, the issues yep. that Pete will have. And so I, I think it, it, for some of those reasons, it's harder to see some of the things Pete brings to the table. I think what the fans want to
2: see, Salk, is a glimpse of hope, a glimpse of greatness, mm. a glimpse of, Oh, we're for real and we can make a real deal playoff push. You remember what I said last week? I said, I wanted to see us come out and dominate. Like, really come out and dominate and show what type of team yeah, that, we then are. I
0: got to tell you, everybody, like, I, I'm going to keep coming back to this, and I may be nauseating because of it. If that's what you want, and by the way, it's what I want, I uh, KJ couldn't agree with you more. Stop pretending that's going to be possible without a dominant defensive line. Just stop. You're not going to see that level of success, that level of dominance, that level of excellence mm-hmm. with jags on your defensive line. Not
2: jags.
0: You gotta have dudes. I know. I mean, it's the Jimmys and Joes. I know. It's the Jimmys and you Joes. You gotta I know. have dudes. And if you decide to pass on potentially a generational kind of talent at the defensive line with the fifth pick in the draft. And last week you guys are telling me, no, no, don't trade for Chris Jones. Never want to do that. Like, hey, man, you can keep telling me that you don't want to draft or bring in these guys that will make you the kind of team that you want to be, but then don't complain when you're not that team and blame Pete Carroll. Either bring in the
1: defensive linemen that are going to make this team dominant or whatever. It doesn't work. But you say that, and here's the facts. Dre Jones is paid more than anybody in I'm the history of I'm not talking about payment, John. Brock. I'm talking about results. I'm talking about Jaren Reed, 10000000 million. I'm talking about Uchenna just got re-upped. I'm talking about Boye and Derek Hall are top 50 picks, yeah. top 30 picks. And I'm like talking about have. Nick
0: Bosa. I'm talking about Joey Bosa. I'm talking about TJ Watt. I'm talking about the guys that actually make a difference. And when you had a chance with the fifth pick in the draft, maybe this is going to end up sounding ridiculous in 10 weeks when this guy gets himself arrested or whatever the heck happens and he's not able to play. Okay, I get it. Maybe Jalen is going to be an abject disaster. But I don't know how you can tell me that, oh, we need to be dominant. We need to be unbelievable. Oh, I can't have Jalen Carter. Get out of here. Oh, I can't. I can't trade for Chris Jones. I would be spending money. This. Stop spending your resources on the outside and in the back end and make sure that the guys up front are dominant. All right, well,
2: we can't do nothing about this all. The draft is over. All right. Chris Jones has got his contract extension. That's true. What do we do now? I don't know. What's the plan of attack? You bring out
1: the very, very best in Uchenna. You bring out the very best in Moye. You bring out the very best in Dre. Those are guys that you believe are much more than just Jags. Well,
0: then they're going to have to be that because what we
1: saw on Sunday wasn't even Jag. No, it was not. 5%. 5% was the pressure rate, KJ, on all the dropbacks. 5% was all you got to Matthew Stafford, and now you're on the road. And now you're playing this O line. Now they may be without their left tackle. He's got an injury as well. And that that's a if you're down your left tackle, they may as well be down their left tackle. But as you looked at Detroit, you went and watched them. Is it is this a crew? Is this a front? Is this a front seven that can impact Jared Goff? This is office, this a, is this. this a is this a front seven that's going to wake up and take this messaging and get after that Detroit team Sunday?
2: With this offensive line, what I saw on tape, these dudes are solid from the left tackle all the way to the right tackle. They're well coached. They have a really, really good scheme. They drive off the ball in the run game. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know if the Chiefs did anything as far as putting pressure on Jared Goff either when they played Thursday night. Mm -hmm. And so this team didn't have Chris Jones.
0: (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm so, sorry. I couldn't uh, So resist. I'm not even. I'm just joking.
2: I know we did a good job last week against, uh, against the run, but when I saw these guys scheme, their scheme um, running the football, we're going to see stretch GC. We're going to see pullers. We're going to see crunch coming straight downhill, man on man, big on big. And they're going to see if our cornerbacks can tackle come Sunday. Trey Brown, Tariq Willen, we're going to see if you guys can take on blocks, and we're not going to even block you sometimes. We're going to put our best guy on your best guy, one-on-one, man-on-man. Let's see if he can make you miss for a 9-10-yard game. That's going to be the game plan of Detroit Lions. If they don't do that, they are silly, and their offensive coordinator needs to – I'm not going to say – but, you know, he'll be tripping if he don't do that come, come Sunday. Well, I'll tell you this.
1: I'll tell you this. You mentioned Jalen carter and that was a big conversation, and it will continue to be just because you took – Devin Witherspoon and not Jalen Carter.
0: And by the way, just quickly, it's unfair what I just said because we haven't even seen Devin Witherspoon play. So I'm not telling you that that was a mistake and that Witherspoon's a bust. I'm not saying any of that. It's really just the philosophy behind it that still kind of sticks
1: with my crop. And I sure hope Devin Witherspoon is the Jordan Brooks of Week 2. I sure hope he's the one that is so ticked off, KJ, that he has had this doggone hamstring that has kept him off the field. I sure hope he's the one that we saw in the practice field for one week in training camp who was the fire starter, the instigator, the one that just turned it up and cranked it up. I sure hope as he goes back to the Midwest and plays in Detroit with all this hype and all this noise in the biggest game of his life. He didn't play in a game like this at Illinois. In the biggest game of his life, I hope that that dude is a difference maker and my mind and my heart tells me he may have to be. You may have to be. You may have to come in there because I don't. I don't know. I, do you want Trey Brown or Devin Witherspoon one on one making a tackle?
2: <laughs> Listen, let's 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 talk about this. You have rookie. You got coming off of a hamstring. You got not practicing. I'm not putting my my last dollar on on Witherspoon coming in being that guy. Not this I'm, week. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not. Not this not. week. I'm not. I, I, mm-hmm. I can't, Brock. Not not with Witherspoon. Mm-mm, not happening. No way. No how. So
1: baby step him. Give him ten snaps. Shh, baby step him. Baby baby step him.
2: Yeah, I, I, yeah. let this man get back in the groove. He's going to be running his tail off. That's a lot of strain on that hammy. He's yeah. had this since OTAs. Hey, how we did with Jordan Brooks, you know, play a few plays here and there, come in. Let's do that. So before go, like mm. hair on fire, like Jordan was, I don't want to see that
1: from What me. about Jamal? Jamal's supposed to practice this week, too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Maybe start to get some snaps. Does he impact? Does he make a difference? Oh, absolutely.
2: Absolutely. And so we're not looking at this week, not next week. Down the line. Hopefully, you know, Probably week, after the bye. After, you think? after the bye. After the buy,
0: I yeah. did not know that. That is really, really good. News. Yeah, you would think he'd probably be ready to go after the buy, right? They have the buy after week four, right? Which is sort of ridiculous. It's like four yeah. weeks in, they have their buy. Uh-huh. So yeah, I would think that after that we'll start thinking about Jamal Adams. All right, KJ, there you wow. go, man. That's... That had me
2: screaming today.
0: I know wow. you were Passion. screaming. <laughs> well, I just you know yes. well, I was screaming. You were screaming.
2: We all were screaming. Blaming the fans, blaming God. It was a it so was a day to What's up with that?
0: Again, I, I you know you're gonna have to stop coming on here if you're gonna start you know yeah, don't blame God, KJ. That's <laughs> right that was God, a bad take. Right? I,
1: yeah.
0: I love you. I love you. And going. the 12s. I mean, geez, you're no. such a popular guy. I would hate to see you lose that based on one, your comments here. In the one show. thing
2: about K.J. Wright is the, <laughs> my heart is gold. And if I see something, I'm going to say something. I was texting people. Hey, how's the energy in, this, in, this,
0: in the state? I was texting people that morning. Mm. I said, how's the energy? I thought it was pretty good. I was in there. I thought it was pretty good before the game. Honestly, I, I thought it was a pretty good energy in there before the game. Well, my sources said otherwise. All right. Well, <laughs> my personal feeling was that it was pretty good. But what do I know? I'm in a suite. That doesn't tell you anything. So, True. yeah, big elitist like me. KJ, thank you. Appreciate it. We'll do it again next week. Man, wasn't enough time. All, All right. Week. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the KJ Wright Show. You can get it at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or right at seattlesports.com, Spotify. Make sure that's coming straight to your phone. Brock, we got so much left to do in our last hour. Including Uh-oh. including Uh-oh. Yes, we've Uh-oh. got it. The Uh-oh. return. The triumphant return of mean exes. Oh, mean tweets or mean exes. What are we calling this? It's next on Brock and Saul.